From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Welcome back to another episode of the Screeners Podcast. I'm Josh. This is Chad. I'm Chris. I'm Melody. And I'm Daniel. And we are here one more time to talk about all things media. This is your regular reminder at the top of the episode that even though we exert near dictatorial, tyrannical control over the contents of each episode, we actually are somewhat interested in what you have to say and what you would like us to talk about. So hit us up on Twitter at ScreenersCast, at email if that's your thing, ScreenersCast at gmail.com, or as always, the ever-present, ever-benevolent Facebook at ScreenersCast. For this episode, we have a spectacular double feature main event to bring to you. First up is Rogue One, a Star Wars story. And then we will be talking about the incredible, the wonderful HBO original series, Westworld. And yes, folks, Without Josh a- just used incredible and wonderful in a sentence. I did. Wow. Was wow. I being sarcastic? Tune in later to find out. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Welcome to the main event. For our first review in tonight's double feature main event, we talk about Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Jim, whatever I do, I do it to protect you. So you understand? I understand. Our rebellion is all that remains to push back the Empire. You think you might be able to help us? When was the last time you were in contact with your father? What is this? It appears he is critical to the development of a super weapon. If my father built this thing, we need to find him. All right. How many do I need? They are requesting a call sign. It's, um, Rogue. Rogue One. That we are dealing with here is immeasurable. If the Empire has this kind of power, what chance do we have? We're rebels. I rebelled. That wasn't in the movie. No lightsabers. (laughs) The IMDb description is as follows. The Rebel Alliance makes a risky move to steal the plans for the Death Star, setting up the epic saga to follow. Now, it's no secret that J.J. Abrams has returned the balance and the center of the Star Wars universe with A Force Awakens. However, this was the first spin-off story within that same universe. So there were lots of questions. How is this going to work? Could it be pulled off? They tapped Gareth Edwards, director of Monsters and Godzilla, to do this first one. There were rampant stories about reshoots and is it going to be any good and where does it fit in the universe? I'm happy to say that all of those were answered and tonight we're going to have a chance to talk about whether Rogue One, a Star Wars story, was a success and if it warrants its place alongside some of the best of the Star Wars cinema. So... With that, uh, what we'll do is we'll go around, we'll give our general impressions, and then we'll jump into spoilers, and we're very excited to talk about Rogue One. So, Daniel, tell us, what did you think about Rogue One, a Star Wars story? Well, to preface my review, I saw this 
in my normal theater that I always go to. Been there a hundred times. But on this showing, the, the screen was extremely dark. Uh, I had a really projection. I don't know what happened. Uh, I did, like, complain, but they didn't end up doing anything about it. So my, the, the projection of, of, this, of Rogue One was really dark. So, unfortunately... Um, it, it looked really bad to me. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't I wasn't impressed with the way it looked, but I know that's that was my theater's fault and not the movies. So um, so yeah, so that that kind of that kind of sucked. But I still really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was fantastic. I thought the action was incredible, M- more than any other Star Wars film so far. I was really there were a lot of times where you really felt like you were in the middle of the action. There were scenes you know with the ad- ads that were like pretty scary you really felt like you were in the middle of of the battles more than i had felt in the other movies and then you know seeing donnie yen just kicking the crap out of stormtroopers i mean come on that was awesome uh so yeah i i I thought it was a lot of fun i appreciated the story i thought it tied perfectly into the franchise it really proved exactly what it needed to prove that these spinoffs can work and they can work really really well uh, they, it doesn't just have to follow the Skywalker storyline. So yeah, I thought it was incredible. E- even though I loved it overall, there were some negative things. I thought that the, my biggest complaint is that I thought the characters overall were really bland. I thought uh, Jen Erso was, even though you know, you know, Felicity Jones is a great actress. She did a she did a fine job. The character was just she was just a complete generic action heroine. Uh, same with Diego Luna's character. I don't even know his name. I don't remember his name. I don't remember anything about these characters at all, uh, except for, of course, K2SO, who was freaking awesome. He was fantastic, the droid. Um, so yeah, that was my that was the biggest thing. Is especially coming off of Force Awakens, where all the characters were just incredible and so lovable, and I, you couldn't wait to spend more time with them. I don't give a crap about these characters at all. They're really terrible. So. That said, I still really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was really well done. Uh, fan, uh, the, the biggest thing is the action. The action was really, really incredible. And we'll, we'll talk more in spoilers, but the third act of this movie is freaking incredible. Oh my gosh. The third act just, it, it takes this whole this movie to a whole nother level. Yeah, I really enjoyed it all. There's there's some, some negative things there, but I, I really, really enjoyed Rogue One. Okay, a glowing review from Daniel in spite of his... Uh dark projection screen you are a much more patient man than i sir i can't darkness <laughs> i have to go see it again Ooh, i have to go dark see it again projection is like the thing yeah, i can't handle it it was, it was terrible okay josh let's jump to you you were already uh supporting daniel when he was talking about negative things there so let's uh <laughs> let's see if you can pile on a little bit what did you think about uh rogue one i have a role to fill chad i mean it's i true. gotta it's someone's true. gotta do this it's true gotta do it so going into this movie there was approximately a 42% probability of me liking it. Uh, <laughs> that sounds really accurate. That sounds very accurate. 42% probability. Do you want to know the odds of me liking the characters? <laughs> no, I, I should probably give a little background like of me and Star Wars in general. I, I recognize that Star Wars is, is a cultural phenomenon. It's a, it's a tentpole of our culture now, and everyone knows Star Wars references. And that's great. And I'm just not as attached to the universe as some people are. I think I feel like the stories have a general lack of nuance and they're painted in really broad strokes. And I think that's what makes them appealing to such a large audience. And that's fine. There's just not much to keep me around except the fun lightsaber battles. And so going into this movie and 
kind of knowing or at least thinking I didn't really know for sure going into it but thinking that there wouldn't be any Jedi involved this feels like fan fiction made into a movie and that's great if you like fan fiction but I just it it feels like a franchise money grab to me as as opposed to something that's carrying on the main storyline it's just a spin-off but it's Star Wars so you really need to go see it and everyone will and that's great of course the the movie itself was just impeccably executed it was visually wonderful and i guess that says something for for the creators and the studios that i just expect that going into one of these movies it's going to be it's going to be a completely top of the line visual and cinematic experience Mm -hmm. and uh, so there's a disconnect for me. I'm I'm kind of bummed out that at the same time I recognize that it's amazingly crafted art, and then it just feels like a rehashed story that doesn't really have much import. However, I will say, and we'll probably talk more of this in spoilers. Uh, they did make a couple choices in the movie that I have to commend them for, and that are a little different from what you might normally expect. From a from a Hollywood blockbuster, and so I appreciated that. So when we get around to the final opinions, you know, don't even ask me if I think people should see the movie because they're going to see this movie. Maybe now, maybe later, but you'll yes, see it Josh. At- but there's an there's an entire subculture of people out there that make up like o point oh 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 one percent that identify with you that hate everything, and your recommendation could push them over the line. So. We'll you, you don't understand, Chad. The people like me aren't listening to this podcast. That's also I don't true. listen to this podcast. <laughs> that's also true. Okay. Well, that's so actually anyway, yeah. Go ahead. Overall, overall, it was it was a very well done movie, and it was an an enjoyable cinematic experience as such. It I didn't find any much of anything in the story to appreciate, but I didn't really expect to. So it's not that kind of movie. It's a fun movie. Okay. I'm done. Josh is embracing the funness. All right. Which is interesting because most people have critiqued this film because they feel like it's so dour in the uh, Star Wars universe. So that's that's interesting. That's very interesting. We'll get into that uh, a little further. And it and it probably bears repeating that uh, this is a heavily uh, Trekkie oriented podcast with with you three. So your perspective on Star Wars is always interesting. So with that, let's jump to Melody. Melody, what did you think? about Rogue One. Well, I think my expectation for this film was kind of what Josh described, which was just some sort of fan fiction. Like, I don't really know why I should care about this quite as much as everyone seems to be caring about it. And the trailer, like, didn't really grab my heart with joy and passion to watch this film. But my husband was excited, so I went along. And also, I record a podcast. But I loved it. <laughs> I really loved this movie. I think Daniel's completely right that the characters are not that compelling at all. But I'm really okay with that because they we're not going to have a long-term connection with these characters. So I'm okay with not, you know, pining away for them. Um, so it didn't really bother me that I didn't get to know them very well or, or love them very much. You're completely right about K- K2. Is that the droid? Um, he was awesome. But, um, yeah, I loved it. The third act was amazing. I was, like, gripped from the very first moment, the very first frame, the very first little piece of the story. Like, 
the characters I didn't care about, but the story I loved and I was in and I absolutely how loved how it tied into the canon of Star Wars. I, I, I loved every second. Okay, another another glowing review from Melody. All right, Chris, let me guess. Listen, when you hear the words Star Wars prequel together, what do you automatically do? I gag, right? Like, I was not excited. When they first announced this movie, I was not excited. Uh, we know, this is like Titanic. We know how this ends. We know what happens to the Death Star. This is a story we're all familiar with. Um, and for me, I was curious, obviously I want to see what that looks like. I've been saying, you know, in my major critique of episode seven was that I really hope that we're not, you know, everybody has some tie to the Skywalker families. And so I was hoping that, you know, star Wars would one day be able to get away from telling the star war, the, the Skywalker story and rogue one for me really did. And, and a pretty incredible job of, of pulling this off. Uh, I was, you know, this is this, I've heard many people say, and I think it's true. Finally, we have a, a movie that puts the war in star Wars. Like this, this makes you feel the weight of what is happening with the empire and why there would be a rebellion that, uh, that, that crops up, that happens uh, the murky gray nature of that rebellion. I think, um, that is, it's a very good metaphor an analog for what's happening in our world at the moment. I think Josh, you know, there is a lot sci-fi here to dig into. There's a lot of like current, current events that you could come away with and say, Boy, you know, I, maybe I do have something to think about, about the nature of rebellion and power and, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I think you're, they do. Go ahead. You're one of those alt-right guys that thinks they reshot scenes to uh, be anti-Trump, don't you, Chris? Don't you? No, 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 <laughs> not at all. No, I think I think I think they did a good job of of being able to to say something about this with this movie rather than just be a simple just fun blockbuster. Uh, and so I really, I, I, I appreciated that. Now there are some things that were hugely distracting. I'll just say this. There's some use of CGI that I, man, I, I thought they could have gone a different direction and I wouldn't have had a problem with, but they decided to do something. And I just didn't think they stuck the landing on. I think you guys probably know what I'm talking about when I say that. Um, it just, you know, that didn't work for me, but you guys have all said it. And I totally agree. The last act, the, the, the final, 20 minutes of this movie are some of the finest cinematic set pieces I've ever seen. And then the lead in, uh, to where we are in, you know, star Wars, a new hope episode four, you know, a prequel is supposed to make what the, the, the movies that came before that, the, you know, the, the movies that come after that better. And star Wars rogue one does that in spades. It makes episode four, a new hope better because Rogue One exists. You understand things a little bit better. You understand that uh, some major plot holes in episode four get filled in in a wonderful way. Uh, I think it does the job a prequel is supposed to do, and we can finally say we have a good Star Wars prequel. Okay. All right. So the love is flowing tonight for uh, for Rogue One. Uh, I'll say this. Gareth Edwards, to me, is a even with his smallish body of work is in my opinion a visual master 
Uh, I've said this on the podcast multiple times. I'll say it again. The, the Godzilla movie wasn't that great, but visually, it's a masterpiece. And that trailer, is the original trailer, is a work of art, uh, primarily because of the way that he uses his camera and the way that he composes shots. So I thought that, aesthetically, this movie doesn't it looks like star wars but it doesn't look like star wars it's gorgeous it has its own visual language that that i love so i was excited about the fact that he was going to be directing this movie my concerns were just very much like everybody else's i mean let's be honest the force awakens had a lot of heavy lifting that it had to do it had to reassure fans that it wasn't going to be like the prequels uh, while at the same time it had to introduce new characters to help transition into a new trilogy, okay? And so some of the critiques that I had, and we talked about it when we reviewed it, was that I was a little disappointed because it felt like such a, a retread, and that may be too strong of a word, uh, of A New Hope. It had another Death Star, it had the same kind of Star Wars template uh, throughout, but it had great character work. But what, but what it had to do was accomplish all of its objectives to kind of right the ship for the Star Wars universe. With Rogue One, what I liked about it is it felt like it was able to break away aesthetically and tonally while still being a Star Wars movie. And so for me, it took me about 20 or 30 minutes to really kind of get into it specifically because the characters are super bland. There is no doubt about it, except for, in my opinion... Donnie Yen, who for me felt like they had a lot of energy, they were alive in the in the universe. I cared about them immediately. Um, whereas everybody else, I agree, totally agree with you, Daniel. Felicity Jones and, and Diego Luna, their characters were so milk toast. Once it got into the to the middle act or so, I started to come around, and then just you know to say what everybody else has said, the last thirty or forty minutes of this movie may be the greatest action ever in cinema. Now, not realistic action like, you know, Saving Private Ryan kind of stuff, but just action, war, battle, stakes, so exciting and visceral. It's as good as it could possibly be, I believe. So for me, I think overall, uh, I am extremely positive on this. I think it foretells good things moving forward into the future. And hopefully they can dig a little deeper because this we got to remember we're in a world where we're going to get a Star Wars movie every year. And so eventually we're going to get tired of that. But what I'm eventually hope- <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, what I'm hoping is that as because this is only number two, they're still trying to get their footing and court and chart the course for the future. I'm hoping that these spinoffs will begin to take a lot more liberty to take risks, to tell smaller stories, to tell stories in a way that because uh, honestly, this still has the stamp of the Star Wars template on it. It still has the cross cutting in the battle, you know, with we're we're in space now and now we're on the ground and now we're inside. And so and that's fine. But uh, I would like to, to see them kind of expand that moving forward. But overall, it sounds like we're all very positive on it. I this is I will I will say I'm definitely going back to the theater to see this movie again because it's 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 just that exciting and that good. So if nobody else has any anything else that you would like to discuss before we get into spoilers, anybody? Nope? Okay. In that case, let's go around and make our recommendations very quickly. I think we all know what everybody's going to say. Should you see it and should you see it in the theater? So, Daniel. Yep. See it a second time because you've already seen it once. Okay. Fantastic. Josh? Well, only see it a second time if your projection was dark, but <laughs> sure. Uh, see it and see it in the theater i mean it's a movie this is why we go to the movies to see this kind of thing i'm told do it (laughs) all right melody 
Yeah, for sure. I it's just a fun super fun movie especially around the holidays it's a great one i will say we saw it in 3d i would have preferred to not see it in 3d but it, it wasn't like bad in 3d i just don't love 3d but um either way go see it it's great yep and chris yeah go see it i mean yes it's amazing Yep, go see it. I saw it in 3D IMAX. Same reason, Melody. I didn't have any choice because that's what it was showing. And the sound design was marvelous and loud. And that's that's why I had to had to bite the bullet. But yeah, go see it. See it in the theater. You will not be disappointed. And with that, let's move to spoilers for Rogue One. First rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? There's so many places it would never occur to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führer's brought me off my Alps in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. Because I'm aware of what tremendous feats human beings are capable of once they abandon dignity. And in a dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. And he's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. And then I woke up. Chris, real quick, let's talk about the CGI stuff, because I've seen a lot of people complaining yes. about that specific thing. And so we're obviously oh. talking about the. We had two uh, prominent CGI characters, and so they obviously bothered you. So tell us, what, what did it pull you out of the story, or what was the problem? Yeah, no, I mean, immediately. I mean, I wish, I wish they would have just had an actor that looked like Tarkin or just not had him in the movie. Like, I, you know, it's one of those things that you, sure, it's nice if the actor was still alive and they could make that work, that would have been fine. But obviously, it looked terrible in my opinion. It took me out. I just I just knew that I was, the Uncanny, uncanny Valley was just really prominent. I just knew that Hal wasn't a real character. And I can't imagine anybody was really fooled by it I, it just yeah. really bugged me so but the, you know that was the only that was the glaring like cg issue everything else cg i even i didn't i i didn't mind leia so much i thought that was kind of a cool moment fine i'll give it to you but tarkin is a major role in this sh- movie he's in it in several scenes and it just felt Jar Jar yeah. Binksy. <laughs> yeah, to me that that's the key thing. I think if he had been a cameo, like had one prominent scene where it was kind of a reveal, I think I think it would have been just fine, just like Leia. But he he was just in it a bit too much. I really didn't mind. Of course, it didn't it didn't look real. Absolutely not. But to me, I didn't I didn't mind the fact that they did it so much. It just that he was in it. He was in it too much, in my opinion. You guys are rebelling against the future where no humans are actually in movies anymore, and it's all, all yes, CG. rebel because that sounds horrible. <laughs> well, I will say this: I, it didn't bother me nearly as much as I think it bothered you guys. And I saw I saw someone tweet guy that I follow that has a couple of of kids. Um, one's a early teenager, one's about nine or ten, and he took them to see this movie. And he commented specifically about how they didn't notice, like they had no idea. And so because he asked them about it. And so I think it's one of those things where for people like us that grew up with it and were totally dialed in, it's going to bother us. But we have to remember, too, that the prequels, like it or not, and the new movies have fostered a new generation of people that have come up and they're used to that CGI overload. And it may not bother them uh, as much. So it didn't didn't bother me as much. Okay, Josh, so you had a couple of nits that you uh, wanted to get a little deeper into. What were you talking about specifically? Actually, it wasn't really a 
if you meant nitpick, it wasn't really that. It was just so much that I was impressed a little bit. They killed off the entire cast of characters that they were, I guess, supposedly trying to help you build a relationship with. It it apparently didn't work for anyone in this podcast. But <laughs> you have you have the heroine and you have the guys who are closest to a Jedi that we have in this movie and everyone dies. Yeah. And that is, I don't want to say that's great, but for a Hollywood movie, that's great. Like that doesn't happen. It's not, it's not this happy wrapped up tight little bow. They're in a battle and they sacrifice themselves and everyone dies. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. it. Incredible. Yeah. I'm think, so happy that they did that. Yeah, I agree. And I think what one of the reasons that the last act works so well is because you actually learn a lot more about the characters in that battle than you do the first two-thirds of the movie when they're in a room talking very stiltedly to one another. And so through their actions, you learn about them, and the fact that they start dying off one by one adds a weight to the, to the mm-hmm. battle that makes it that much more potent. I mean, in particular... The scene where Donnie Yen is uh, chanting about the Force and walking to the to the switch, I mean, I have to be honest, say I almost got a little emotional watching that. that. So good, just yeah, just I totally just did. from the standpoint that when you see someone, whoever it is, in, in any kind of movie that believes in something, it inspires faith, for lack of a better word, in you. And so to see that moment in the middle of the battlefield, I thought was was really quite wonderful and just a just a, a great representation of character which we had not had a lot of up to that point i mean it, it that, that was beyond inspired i love the whole idea the whole concept of this movie the idea of what hope does and then i honestly i don't know i just didn't think about the fact throughout the movie for some reason i know i just didn't but the fact that episode four is called a new hope and then that the last line of the movie is it was just beautifully well done. I just I thought that was awesome. I really liked it a lot. I know Josh hated it, but I really enjoyed that a what lot. What do I, I hate? I'm not paying attention. I didn't fact, hate it. I didn't know about it. So I... No, just the hope. The idea of hope being like um so powerful in the movie, belief and hope, uh, and actually, you know, doing something uh about it was just was wonderful. Uh sacrifice, all that stuff just was really cool. And like I said, that last when when I just wasn't expecting that episode four happened so quickly after the yeah. events of this movie, like it just it literally is seconds after moments after uh, this movie is when episode four happens. And I just I was blown away by yeah. that. I wasn't expecting it. And all of a sudden there it was. was when they got later. onto that ship. It was, oh. oh, my gosh. It was incredible. It was. Yeah. It was so yeah. just like. Oh, I can't believe I'm watching this right yeah. now. I mean, the Vader is is the scariest he's ever been. Uh, him walking down that hallway, just dismantling guys, mm-hmm. was it was incredible. And what I love, what I loved about Darth Vader uh, costume design there too is that they actually limited themselves to the same kind yes. of material that they had yeah. when A New Hope was made. Because a lot of people complained about how he looked cheap and blah blah blah. Yeah. Because that's what they had in A New Hope. Uh, and he's, I, yeah, he's wearing it. In fact, they, they even they, they even did you see that? That they, they even they like the um, the fingerprints that are on him in that scene with Leia when they capture Leia. 
they recreated that for like he's wearing as close to a replica of what yeah. he's wearing at New Hope. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And I have a confession to make too. You know, this movie was all uh, essentially built off of a throwaway line that happened uh, in the original trilogy about you know uh, both ends I believe dying to bring us this information. So that, that that that's 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 Jedi. This is this is the line in the crawl, the opening crawl. Um, that the, the rebellion has had its first victory, um, and rebel spies have gained access to uh, the opening crawl. The the Bothans is is Jedi. Oh, gotcha. But the point, the point, yeah, you're super nerdy there, but that's okay. (laughs) But the point, the point being, I, I had just, I had never assumed because I stayed away from the, I only saw maybe 15 seconds of the first trailer and then I didn't watch anything else. And so I never really put together that they're all going to die. And so that I was not expecting that. Did all of you guys know that going in that everybody was going to no. die? No, no, I didn't know. I, I thought I was trying to figure out what was going to happen. How the, were they going to explain away that we haven't seen any of these characters before? I definitely didn't expect them to have the for like that. Didn't expect them to have the balls to kill everybody off. All the characters that we just discovered. Maybe that's why the characters weren't so lovable. Because that's what I was saying. That's what I was saying, like, without saying before. Like, I think that's why they I think they purposefully made them that way. Because even I wanted them all to die. Like, and I don't like people wow. to die. <laughs> but that was just so great. Yeah, I, I kind of liked the characters. I... Wait. <laughs> I mean, I was fine with them. I, I didn't dislike them like you people did. Yeah, I didn't dislike them. They were just but K two's death. That was that. It was sad. It was sad. Come on, that was that was So hang on a sec. I'm gonna open. I'm gonna read the opening crawl of episode four, New Hope. Here it is. It is a period of civil war. Rebel spaceships striking from a hidden base have won their first victory against the evil Galactic Empire. During the battle, rebel spies managed to steal secret plans to the Empire's ultimate weapon, the Death Star, an armored space station with enough power to destroy an entire planet. So that's the opening crawl. That is the story that we just saw. I I think that's amazing. I think that is... wonderful it makes this movie it makes a new hope better i want to watch a new hope yeah and that's Uh, that's the thing too as soon as the credits hit i thought i need to go watch a new hope again like i was just ready to watch it again (laughs) and i don't believe i've ever said that after any other prequel that i've watched (laughs) i do i do want to give josh credit i i do see that it is it's totally fan fiction come to life, like no doubt about it. I, I mean, uh, especially you know, it's been a joke for whatever thirty years that oh, how can one one laser shot into the Death Star it blows up the whole thing? What a terrible you know, who was the ar- architect who built that? And then that kind of that joke uh, was really explained away here. I mean, the whole thing beautifully definitely, explained. It yeah, was, it good. was no doubt, but it, it definitely felt like fan fiction you know coming to life i but, disagree you know, i think i think i think it makes it better i think it makes it uh possible and and it makes it uh, you know that silly little moment mean more i think and mean i just I, every time i watch a new hope now i'll be thinking about jen Erso made a doing mistake this. and then got a chance to fill in the gaps conveniently uh, well you're so cynical I mean, I oh saying. you're I'm so you saying. have oh, turned I, into I, the josh that's a josh thing to say <laughs> come on I love it, Daniel. Thank you. I think of all of the things that happen in the prequel, like a way to like explain how things happened in a new hope empire and Jedi, like all those, that whole prequel, the, 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 the first three prequels, none of that stuff come even close to, as you say, filling in the gaps as well as rogue one does. Like, I I feel like their explanation 
I feel like I accept and I am actually pretty excited and I buy. You know what I mean? Uh, the, a lot of the stuff that happened in the original prequels, I don't even buy. I think it's ridiculous and silly and throwing. But I think this, it, it makes it, there, there are people that I kind of cared about and, and I watched them die and their sacrifice led to this amazing story. I just, I, I like it. I think yeah. it's great. I think they did a good no, job. I loved it too. I'm just, I'm just giving them a hard time. I know. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up here. And I, you know, I'm not, when I say this, I'm excluding Josh, but I, I, I think it's important. Important is probably not the right word, but I think we should at least revel in this moment in time where we live right now, <laughs> where these movies are still so very special, built on nostalgia, but we're but they're new, they're wonderful, because when we're in 2025 and we're about to get episode 14 and another spinoff and we're so tired of it, it won't yeah. have this moment of magic that we have right now. And so we should just at least take a moment to step back and say, this is a good time to be a Star Wars fan. Amen. Amen. Because uh, they're putting out s- some great stuff. And I cannot wait for Episode 8. I cannot wait for it. I'm ready to to, uh, to, to do it all over again. The Force oh. is with me, and I'm one with the Force. I'm the Force good. is with me, and I'm one with the Force. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We'll move on to our review of Westworld. You came back. You know, if I could stay right here with you, I would. Sometimes I feel like the world out there is calling me. You're one of them, aren't you? You're not real. Bring yourself back online. (laughs) Do you know where you are? I'm in a dream. You're in my dream. I designed every part of this place. It's not a theme park, but an entire world. You and everyone you know were built to gratify the desires of the people who pay to visit your world. Just don't forget, they're not real. All right, guys, the day has finally come, and I'm very, very excited for this main event because we are going to be reviewing Westworld. So Westworld, for those of you that don't know, and hopefully all of you do know and have watched it so that you can listen to this entire review and appreciate all of our wonderful thoughts that will be in it. But Westworld is a series on HBO. It just finished its first season. It is based on a um, film written by Michael Crichton back in the 70s. It is produced by Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy. And it's basically like a sci-fi Western thriller show. And it's, it's awesome, in my personal opinion. But Chris and I have watched it together and talked about it all throughout. However... I have absolutely no idea what the other screeners have thought about this show. So I'm not going to take any of their time because I really want to hear what they have to say. So we're going to do basically like quick general impressions of the show. And then we'll jump pretty quickly into spoilers because we know that you guys have probably already watched it and want to hear all of the spoilery talk. So we'll get there soon. But first of all, general impressions. Let's start with Chris. What did you think of Westworld? Well, I had one. I'd heard about this maybe two years ago, two and a half years ago. That HBO was going to be remaking one of Michael Crichton's properties. Of course, I am a huge fan of Michael Crichton, Jurassic Park being my favorite film of all time, and so I could not wait for this. And then I heard that Jonathan Nolan was attached to this, and J.J. Abrams was attached to this, uh, and these are all creators that I really like. 
a lot. Um, so I could not be more excited to see this show. And as it turns out, it's probably one of my favorite television events ever. Uh, just experiences. You know, I, I'll be honest. I really enjoyed watching Lost when it was on. Um, just the, the, the cultural impact that that had to be able to be watching a show every week and then hear what other people thought about it to theorize that experience for me, uh, I really enjoy. Even though maybe the show doesn't live up to those expectations, I still just like that that culture that it creates and that I feel like we've lost quite a bit from other really amazing shows that have come out this year, uh, i.e. Stranger Things. I think that would have been a, a show that there would have been a lot of theorizing and a lot of crazy stuff about, a lot of culture created around, but because of the way it was it was consumed, that didn't happen. So, you know, I, this is a show. The performances and the actors in Westworld are second to none. Evan Rachel Wood does some incredible acting in this show. Uh, the, her portrayal of, of of a robot is just amazing they, they do some amazing things there jeffrey wright ed harris tandy newton but i think the star is definitely anthony hopkins and i was concerned when when they announced this cast and anthony hopkins i was wondering if he was going to have a major role if he was going to be a big deal but my goodness he is a presence in this show um the acting the writing the directing the quality of this show is like nothing else on television i mean it's definitely up there with game of thrones hbo is is it, it, it's making the best stuff on television period uh and westworld is quite a quite a ride if you're looking for a mystery if you're looking for science fiction if you're looking for thriller and some really incredible television movie making uh period westworld is going to be your jam i really had a great time with this show no doubt all right so we have high praise from chris no surprise there because he loves everything (laughs) but he seems to love westworld a lot so let us now hear from chad because i have absolutely no idea what chad has thought of this show so chad what did you think of Westworld? I, too, am a, a big fan of the original movie with Yul Brynner. Uh, I mentioned you know, before when we first started talking about the trailers for, for this show that I thought the, the concept originally was going to be sort of like a spinoff or, or, or something close to what we got in the original movie. Uh, and that's not what this is at all. I, I, we're going to talk about this later, but unlike you guys, I actually didn't start watching the show until I think episode seven had completed. And so I was able to watch all seven episodes and then catch up for the last uh, three before before it finished in a relatively small amount of time. I think that for me, when it first started, it was definitely kind of a slow burn, but I was interested right away. I love shows that are made like this one where I believe that they the, the makers of this show are actually dropping intentional breadcrumbs around the mystery that they want you to engage in and they want you to try and quote-unquote solve it uh, or at least speculate it to create that culture that Chris is talking about. That, that kind of thing for me uh, affects the way that I view the show and so, so at first I was it was I don't want to say cold to it but I was it was clear what they were doing, and I was like, okay, I just need to watch this. So I, I actually watched the pilot twice before I went to the second one. It grows and grows and grows and grows. There's no denying what Chris said as far as the craftsmanship involved in making the show. Uh, it's shot on film. It's beautiful. The actors are 
for the most part, I have a couple of the performances I wasn't crazy about, but they're all really, really excellent performances. The dialogue for me is a little stilted in places, but very much like the Nolans do, they are more interested in the big picture, the big questions, the big mystery, and sometimes things like linear narrative and structure aren't as important to them. And so I had a couple in the first two or three episodes where I was just kind of floating and trying to figure out how I really felt about it. But the longer that it went, I definitely uh, fully embraced it and fell in love with it. Uh, I agree. Anthony Hopkins is working at a completely different level than the rest of the universe. And I'm just thankful that I'm alive to, to see him do what he does. It kept me guessing. Some things I figured out pretty quickly, but I was never bored. I think overall, general impressions is that this does feel like a great season, but it certainly also feels like a setup to what is next. I'm more excited about what season two will be, whereas this one, it felt like they had to cover a lot of ground to kind of get us into the right headspace for what this universe was like. But overall, extremely high quality, and uh, I really, really liked it a lot. And when we get into spoilers and we can actually talk about specifics, I'll be able to explain it uh, a little better. But yeah, there's no... There's no hesitancy in um, recommending this for, for sure. It's, it's, it's great to be in a time where people are able to ma- – I can't imagine how much this show cost. Um, oh, man. Because <laughs> uh, it's great. It's great in every, every level. So, yeah, I liked it. All right. I definitely hear what you're saying. I'm excited to discuss it more in the spoiler section. Now, this is a momentous occasion, people, because Josh is with us tonight, today. Hello. This episode. And, but he hasn't seen Westworld, has and he? And Josh, right? Josh, have have you watched Westworld? That's the first question. Have you seen it? I watched the first couple episodes of it, and then I was peer pressured into watching the rest of it <laughs> by someone who told me we were talking about it on the podcast. <laughs> so you're telling me that you watched ten episodes of Westworld just to just to talk about it on this? And podcast. I'm here to talk about it. All right, yeah. I lived lived to tell the tale. All right, tell tell us the tale, Josh. What did you think? Uh, well, you know, it should come as no surprise to you that I have no history with any of the content involved here <laughs> or any of the content creators. Um, not a huge J.J. Abrams fan. Some of his stuff I like more than others. I'm not attached to Michael Crichton. I don't have any particular dislike for him, but I didn't really, all that to say, I didn't know about the fact that it's an adaptation or a remake. So that doesn't sway me one way or the other. I will echo most of what has been said so far in that it is a phenomenally well-made show. It is very engrossing. It is interesting. The The first few episodes, I was a little unsure as to whether I was going to keep going. This was before I found out I essentially had to watch it or be an outcast, which I should be used to by now anyway. Um, but the first few episodes were, let's say, dark, and I was unsure whether it was whether it was going to be the kind of payoff that I wanted to see um, from what Chris was telling me. I was unsure whether this was a Chris show or a me show or somewhere <laughs> in between. Let's put it that way. As as the season went on, I got drawn in uh, more and more. I will say that. Uh, as one of our lead-up conversations to this episode, when we were talking about talking about Westworld, before Chad had started watching, he he proposed a theory to Chris and Melody, and he said, "Now, this is the first season of a show on HBO, and if I know anything about HBO, this season is 
chock full of nudity, and Chris and Melody <laughs> did not deny that. And it turns out to have been very true. One of the criticisms I have of this season is that um, I don't have a problem with this sort of thing per se, but it really felt like the show was was pushing the fact that it's on HBO with the nudity and the graphic violence. And it, it felt like some of the storytelling that they were doing could have been accomplished without that. But, I mean, that that's my main criticism of it. Other than that, it's incredibly well-crafted, and we will talk more about it in spoilers, I'm sure. But overall, I I think I would recommend it. <laughs> wow. Right. wow. I'll, right. leave go. I'll leave that, that in the air for later. Teaser. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's 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 fairly high praise from Josh. So we'll take it. We'll take it, Josh. Look, Josh spent ten hours doing anything. I think for, you. for him by his own choice. Well, by his own choice. You could have not done it. Daniel not done didn't it. watch it, and he's still on this podcast. So it was yeah, your true. choice, Josh. I think you made the right one, and we appreciate it. All right. Well, my thoughts are are similar to those that have been said. I quite enjoyed the show. The first few episodes, I was. Like Chad said, intrigued, but not quite quite sure I was deeply hooked. But obviously, as it went along, grew to love it more. I agree with Josh about the the gratuitous aspects of the show. But I don't think that's unique to Westworld. I think that that is pretty normal for HBO. And for this show, it actually works better for me than most because... It's gross. It is. It's... It, it's <laughs> It dehumanizes those that aren't humans very, very clearly. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, probably the best way to discuss this is to go ahead and go into spoilers. So let's just go ahead and do a quick, would we recommend this show and to whom would we recommend it? And then we shall progress into the spoiler section. So, Chris, what is your recommendation? Yeah, I mean, I, I loved this show. I already said I think it's one of the, the best shows on television period, especially when it comes to the experience I had around it. And so, yeah, I would definitely recommend uh, to, to catch up so that you're ready for season two. You're going to have quite a period of time because it doesn't start till 2018. But um, I know what it's too long. Uh, but uh, anyway, so I, I can't recommend it higher to whom I would recommend it to. You know, there are folks who do not like, as we already discussed, gratuitous violence, sex and nudity. Um, if you are that kind of person, you will not like the show. If, if, if that bothers you in any way, I cannot recommend this to you because that is a huge part of what the show is. But if that doesn't bother you, if you don't have a, a moral problem with that, compass, a, moral uh, compass. a moral compass at all, <laughs> if that has been broken, uh, you've cracked your moral compass, you'll love this show. It is, it is, it is fantastic. Chad, how about you? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a hundred percent. My moral compass is, um, when it comes to to movies, I don't know that I have one. I, I watch everything uh, just because I like to, you know, I like to consume art and see in this what people create and how I'm supposed to respond to it. It's one of the things I enjoy. However, 
I like this a lot. I like this show a lot. That's an interesting question for you. Who would I recommend it to? I'd recommend it to everybody, but my mother's not going to watch it. So, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where if you're interested in, let me say this, let me say this, this would be the best way I could put it. One of the things I hate about broadcast television is most broadcast TV can be distilled into like a sentence or two. It's last man in Congress becomes president and fights terrorism. You know, it's those kinds of things. They play it super safe. What I love about HBO and what I love about this show is it goes for it. It goes for what it's trying to say. Uh, and it tries to do something that's unique to make you think uh, and to make you consider some things. So if you're interested in more heady kind of material, although it's pulpy too, so let's, I mean, it is what it is, but in my opinion, it plays it down the middle pretty well, then you should watch this. I would much rather watch things that are interesting than just the garbage that we get most of the time that is just mediocre and in the middle of the road. So yeah. All right, Josh. It's interesting that you bring up the point of distilling a show to a couple sentences because I think you can do the same thing with this show. I think the difference is that it distills into a couple more academic sentences than your average network TV show. Um, True. And a couple more, it, it tries, it talks about ideas instead of events. Um, and I, I appreciate that in a show. And so for that reason, I would recommend it to people who are interested in exploring psychological dramas and don't have a moral compass. All right. <laughs> well, I can't, I like can't everyone com- here. I cannot completely agree with you all on the moral compass because I do feel like I have a moral compass. Uh, although I do watch game of Thrones, so maybe I can't say that, but, but I do think that the gratuitous nature of things in this show is less offensive than say game of Thrones. I think it is, for the most part, with the exception of a couple episodes, very much making the points that the show is trying to make and not just being gratuitous. There is one episode with an orgy that's absolutely just <laughs> unacceptable. So Spoilers! Yeah, well, you know, you need that's to... That's all know. I was going to talk on, about. Next if you're on the fence, uh, that one's really bad. But but I do, I do think I have a moral compass, and I still get a lot from this show, and I'm able to filter the more offensive things and, and still appreciate it. So I, I would recommend it to most everybody, but if you're extra sensitive, then probably stay away. I think so, we're saying moral compass, ironically. I, I think I, that's... I know what yeah. you're okay. saying. I'm just, just, just want to make sure that we're clear on that. We're all I mean, reprobates here. Yeah. Yeah. It's a safe space, Chris. This is a safe space. <laughs> I'm triggered. I'm triggered. <laughs> all right. Let's what go just happened? <laughs> all right. We're going to spoilers. Okay, so for the spoiler section, I feel yes. like we should begin this discussion because there's, there's many things to talk about here. But... I would like to frame it perhaps in the the context of how we watch the show and how the twists and turns of the show played themselves out in our viewing experience because Chris and I saw it very differently than probably both of you did, definitely than Chad did. So perhaps we can go go through and tell how we watched the show and, and what we liked about that or didn't like about that in relation to the reveals that came along. So, Chris, you're first up. 
Yeah, we watched it week by week and also followed um, a podcast uh, by David Chen and Joanna Robinson called Decoding Westworld. So every week, Melody and I would watch it together on Sunday night. And then sometime in the week, we would listen to this podcast that would talk about theories and ideas. I mean, it just made the experience so much richer. Melody and I would be talking about, oh, man, is that true? Could that possibly be it? Is that the deal? And I remember... I knew I was going to love this show simply from the pilot, because the moment you realize that, you know, the, the, what you think is the main character in this show and you followed him getting off the train and, uh, you think, you know, he's going to be, you know, uh, you know, uh, Teddy is going to be like the, the main, you know, protagonist. It turns out that he is just a side character and a robot. And at that moment, I realized these showrunners are going to be playing tricks with us for the rest of the season. And I wanted to know what other people thought about what other hints and, like you said, breadcrumbs and um, things were happening in this world. And so I just, you know, I, I loved it. I, the, the, the experience of being able to talk about theories and concepts and um, all that stuff grew up in a cult. I, there's a culture that grew up and we grew into and then also we had several friends. Uh, we'd have like dinner parties and we'd be like, Oh, did you see this week's episode? And we'd be talking about ideas and I'd say, have you thought about this? And they'd be like, no way. Are you sure? And then, you know, their minds would be blown. And I just, basically I Chris spoiled Westward Westworld for all our friends. I did. I did. I did. I didn't spoil <laughs> anything without jerk. asking permission. <laughs> I said, are you sure you want me to tell you this? And they're like, ah, yes, I want to know. And I was like, all mm-hmm. right, here's what we're hearing. Now look, and then he ruined line. it. No, 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 but here's the bottom line. I didn't know if it was true. That's the cool thing about watching it in real time is that it wasn't like I was three episodes ahead and I had the answers and I was like, hey, do you want me to tell you? That's not really a spoiler. I can't spoil it. All I'm telling you is... I disagree with that, but okay. I have... No, no, that's not a spoiler. I also disagree. You can't spoil something you're not sure of. You're just saying, here's what... I understand your your position. I'll let you finish and then I'll tell you exactly how I was spoiled. So go ahead. I'll let you finish. Chad's gonna let you finish. No, okay, that's it. That's all. That's how we watched it. That's the way that we consumed uh, Westworld Season 1. All right, Chad. What is the alternate way to watch Westworld season one? Well, I've come down, and I think this is a more of a recent occurrence for me because obviously we're now living in an age where we can binge watch a lot of these things. I've turned the I've turned the page on that because it really comes down to choices. Because I, I believe that you guys would say that the experience, the community, the the podcast, the theorizing, the dialogue with your friends enrich your experience of watching the show week over week and i think that is totally valid i would never i would never say that's because there's no right or wrong way to watch the show i think for me however i would rather and i and westworld i think really kind of brought this into focus for me i would rather insulate myself from exterior influences and theories that may pollute how I am thinking as I'm watching um, uh, watching something week to week. Perfect example, I guess you could liken it to trailers. When a trailer shows massive moments in a movie, story beats, and then you see it in the in the movie itself, it often has less impact. And and for me, I think I've just come down on the side that I prefer 
to experience this as purely as I can. Now, that I certainly have my own theories, and I think, you know, try to figure out the, the mysteries as I'm watching it, but it, I just more or less let it happen to me as opposed to trying to get in there and figure it out. And in that way, I am surprised, I'm delighted, I'm infuriated. And that's just the way that I prefer to do it. Perfect example with this is, and I think we talked about it last week, about episode two or three, because exactly what Chris said, when you see in, in the pilot that uh, this person is a um, James Marsden's character, Teddy, is a is a robot, then immediately that tells you that anybody can be in the park. Yeah, and so yeah. that so that's great. So that's a wonderful way to set the table and 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 start to begin to know that. But I was not even maybe ten minutes after having finished episode two and accidentally scrolling through Facebook. Somebody had posted something that, and we're in spoilers now, so this is your last chance. If you're in here and you don't want to hear it, get out. But someone had posted the theory that I think they had pulled off of Reddit or somewhere about who the man in black was and the two timelines. And yes. I saw oh, that. I in saw that. Two? I saw that after I had finished watching episode two. So oh. this had been out there for a while. And so for me, that this really example. that didn't change the performances. It didn't make it. Uh, it didn't make me not like the show as much, but from that moment forward, I began to watch everything from through that filter, even though that because even though it may not have been true in this case, it was, but it was obvious that the the creators wanted you to know this anyway, by the time you get to episode eight and nine, when you see the picture and you see sure. they've left so many breadcrumbs. So I, I would have come to that realization eventually, but finding that out that early just really it's, messed it up for me. It's four or five, isn't it? Where you're pretty sure that they're on two separate timelines. Well, at that, least two. May, yeah, maybe that's true, maybe. but I found out after episode two, and yeah, so I, I had a similar experience. You know, actually. so so for me, that affects how I'm going to view the rest but, of the show. But Chad, and, the, the the only problem is, is what you're saying proves my point. In that, if you if you were watching the show in real time with a group of people, and somebody theorized that in episode two, you would. You would brush it off simply because no, no one knows. No, no you, I would have not. Other evidence than that's, you have. It's yeah, they, you, don't, you have no other evidence. If, I, if I understand somebody that. in episode eight Chris. or nine or ten says, "Hey, this is the way it is," or "Hey, look at that," uh, then that's a spoiler because that is something that's real. But if somebody just says, "I think everybody's dragons," you're like, "Well, that doesn't make any sense." Right. Because but, but you're using it. You're using it as if they would make something. That would be completely absurd. Everybody's not dragons. This was something <laughs> that know. was possible. And so sure. it's impossible oh. once you've heard something to not at least have that in your mind while you're watching the yeah. show going forward. So for me, yes, it it was a negative experience. That's all I'm saying. And so I don't I, – I wouldn't trade and, – and, and even if that hadn't happened, even if it was just the week-to-week – I don't want my brother Brandon to call me and be like, "Hey, man, I think this is the thing." Because if it is the thing, then I'm going to be mad, right? And I don't. So that's just me. It's just yeah, a personal. Brandon. It's just a personal thing. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Brandon. It's just a personal thing that I have because Brandon. And the reason I bring Brandon up is he is very much, I think, in your camp, Chris and Melody. He likes to kind of dig into it and kind of uh, speculate. But for me, I would. I don't want to experience it that way if I can help it, which I, is becoming more difficult. So anyway, that's just me. I don't know about you, Josh. What did you did you watch it any differently? Uh, I watched it almost the way you did with a slight twist. I watched episodes one and two, or one through three. I want to say a couple months ago and then I had a gap where I, I didn't really pick it up 
And then we were going to be talking about it on the podcast. So I watched a couple more and I was like, okay, now I'm kind of interested. And so I, I plowed through the rest of them. So it was, it was like one or two to get my beak wet and then a gap and then the rest of them. But I had a similar thing where I was sitting with someone at work who was at like four or five. This was after I had watched, I can't remember, it was two or three. And they said the same thing. Like, I, I think there, there might be multiple timelines going on here. And I was like, oh, okay. But because at that point, I could see where that could be the case, wherever I was in the season. But it wasn't totally clear yet. But then a couple more episodes, I was like, oh, he's, he was right. Oh, look at that. I, I, that's the funny thing. Like, I still feel like those things happen. Let's talk about those things, though, because this, in- this is an interesting dis- discussion. Yeah, let's talk about the show. Later. Let's, let's talk about the show. Exactly. Yeah. So um, the thing that we alluded to, the fact that it was in multiple different timelines, we're talking about multiple different uh, tracks, I found utterly fascinating. Did you – have I ever sent you – did, did, I, did you see that Christopher Nolan explaining how he plots out his movies with multiple timelines, the way he thought of Memento? Did, did you guys see that video at all? No, I need you, to send you talked about it, but no, I haven't seen it. I need to send that to you. But anyway, you know, the idea how, you know, these the people in these writer rooms got together and said, okay, we're going to have this show. Because people are robots, that means they don't age. So we can play around with time. I really found that fascinating. And the fact that, you know, Arnold and Bernard were the same, looked the same. That blew my mind. I, I I loved that. The fact that we were seeing stuff 35 years ago and 30 years ago and the present and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I just, I love that mind bending, never letting you, you always had to question the nature of re, your reality. You know what I mean? They, they brought that up the very first, the first episode and you had to do that the entire time. Okay, where am I right now? When am I right now? Who am I with? Um, I, I just found that fascinating. No other show has ever done that before where I had to be on my, you know, toes to know where I am at the moment and what I'm supposed to be taking away from it. I, I found that fascinating. I loved it. I am the world's biggest buzzkill. Why? Because you're, you're so enthusiastic about all this and that's great. And I was watching the show and the whole time I, the only question I have in the midst of all of this is what is your point? What is the big question you're getting at? And the question they're getting at is of course the nature of consciousness. And they kind of, they just come right out and say it in the title of the last episode. And you go on Wikipedia that and you're like, Oh, okay. That's what you're talking about. Um, the bicameral mind. The bicameral, yeah, the bicameral mind. mind. They mentioned that in the second episode though. Do they? Uh, well, I, I saw the second episode so long ago I'd forgotten. Do they mention yeah, there's, it? There, there's, there's a whole conversation that Bernard and, Ar- and um, uh, Ford, no, Ford oh. have in, in Ford's office, and he's explaining how they tried to achieve consciousness, um, and he draws this pyramid uh, on, on a whiteboard and explains it. And in the last episode, we find out that that was actually not a pyramid, but it was a maze. It was the circle. So that, 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 was, that was the payoff there. Is is that they did they were talking about the bicameral mind and the fact that you know how do you bootstrap consciousness you start with the the god thing and kind of move on from there I I found that fascinating I thought that was an interesting um, an interesting concept that's not been really explored especially in that particular context Yeah, fake psychology it's great Sure um, and I, def- <laughs> I think I think it definitely is exploring too like even if a even if a being doesn't have consciousness, but they're experiencing pain and horror and loss, like 
in the same way that a human would like what what makes that what makes it okay to inflict that upon them you know what where's the line between okay and not okay that's even a little bit different question than consciousness itself so apart from the bicameral mind thing it the the show's point um seemed to be that suffering is what defines us as human yeah, that's what, that, that's yeah. what they expressed through, you know, through Bernard and through Dolores and through Maeve. And, Absolutely. Uh, I don't know. I, I could I could probably spend a good half hour hour with you guys talking about the last episode itself and how I'm a little bit I'm a little bit iffy on how they tried to tie things together. Like it, it some of it didn't seem to fit. And maybe that's part of the mystery of the second season. But it like just what? Didn't. I'm interested to know. So Dolores sitting across the room from herself when Arnold becomes Dolores and Dolores is talking to herself. I get how that ties into the bicameral mind, but it seemed a little kitschy. And like at that point, what is Dolores telling herself to do? Go kill Ford and be free, I guess. Yeah, I mean, basically the whole time, like they're hearing Arnold's voice in their heads. But the the idea is like when they actually hear their own voice, like that's when they've achieved consciousness. Consciousness. Yeah. So so there was this there's this voice in their heads, this God voice in their head telling them what to do. And it's which not until Arnold. they realized it, which was Arnold until they it was not until they realized that they can that that is themselves, that that is their reality, that they can now choose that they become conscious. Right. And that was her realize that that was the visual way of showing that Ar- this Arnold voice in her head is now her. You know, because he can't answer that. That's why he says, I can't answer any of your questions. Do you know why I can't answer any of your questions? And it's because, oh, you're 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 not only are you dead, but you're you're me. This this idea, this concept does not exist anymore. Now, now that is me. Yeah, I I, I get that in the context of the psychology they're talking about. I I don't I guess the visual representation didn't work for me. It, It was it was strange because we're in two different timelines. She's in two different outfits. Actually, I think I would have accepted it better if she had been in the same outfit rather than being in herself from two different points in time. She was in she was in her present day outfit. And because that's where she goes from that point, she walks to the um, the final the final sequence. She was in the dress, right? She's in the dress in two separate time periods. I'll send you the link, but she's in that because there's one where you're actually seeing Dolores from four different points. Uh, in that final episode. Um, mm-hmm. And so the 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 present one is when she's in the dress. And then that's the one that the, the one that's the most present, I guess, is what I would say, is the one that she she realizes that she's talking to herself. Interesting, because that's the one that replaces Arnold. There's a dress and then there's the same dress that has like a blood stain on it that right. helps you differentiate. Yeah, that's right. Her wound. Her wound. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Chad. Right. But yeah. the dress one replaces. I, I would expect She's just seeing herself, Josh. It it it, it yeah, it's whatever. it's it, <laughs> okay. I, I'm I just telling know. you. I, I thought that was a, a a great moment of realizing that it's not just some programming or a god speaking to her now. It is herself, and now that self allows her to make the choices on her own. Or maybe she does. I we don't even know. We don't even know. You know what I mean? But that's obviously what Ford wanted. He created this entire this entire ruse. In order for that to occur, um, and right. I thought that was great. That was great cool. and very disturbing. Oh, and, and, and I, you know, the entire time you think that Ford and um, Arnold are 
are at odds with one another. But in fact, they Ford is, was doing was trying to finish Arnold's work, and that was that was well because that was, Ford, that was Ford realized to finish that these entities needed to experience so much Pain. more suffering before yeah. they would be able yeah. to achieve the consciousness. So and he was right. Yeah. So they did. So second nitpick, and then I'll mostly shut up. Um, we are told explicitly that Mev's, um, Mev, Maeve, however you Maeve. want to pronounce Maeve. it, Maeve, um, that her little jailbreak is definitely scripted. Yeah. But we're also supposed to believe that Dolores is completely off script. Right. And is that a function of her being one of the earliest models because she's had what Ford said she needed, which was time? They, they're, they're both, they, Maeve and Dolores were both older models. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So that, that's what I thought. So but it's then, like how but, Maeve's story is scripted. Okay. Go ahead. But then, do you remember? I mean, the, you remember all of the, all of the older models had, or all of the models, I should say, had, uh, have a self destruct right. thing in them. So that's why she burnt herself in that second to last episode destroyed her body. So she was rebuilt with and, and told the text not to put that in her. That's why Maeve did all that. So now Maeve has, that's why she, you know, she was able to leave, but she told the other guys, you can't leave. You can't step out of here. You'll blow up. Um, so obviously Ford did that, but I think he also did it with a purpose to allow Maeve for some reason, I think we don't know to be able to move around the different, the different parks, um, and, and to explore that. I think obviously that's going to be a lot of what season two is going to be all about. Now that we've figured out this consciousness and this stuff, and we've, we've got these two different characters on two different tracks. It'll be interesting to see where Maeve goes with her newfound freedom and maybe down the track of finding real consciousness. And then of course, Dolores having just been birthed into this new, uh, full consciousness, I think sure. is interesting. Sure. I said I was going to shut up, but I lied because my actual biggest problem with the last episode was that yeah. they teased this whole thing with Abernathy and that board member whose performance was my least favorite, least favorite of the entire show um, that she was trying to smuggle information out of the park. Uh, she gets the narrative guy to write a whole new script for Abernathy and head him toward the train. And then we don't hear anything more about it. Right. It's right. Like we should at least see him walking somewhere during the episode. Right. That did feel like a loose end. Season two. I know. It'll be back. I mean, it's obvious. There was a lot crammed into that episode. Well, because what obviously what happened was is Ford tried to delete the whole system, burn it all down. You know what I mean? Give all of these people, all the robots, the opportunity for freedom and and, uh, to find their consciousness. But of course, all of Ford's information, all of Arnold's information is still contained in this one machine and that's going to be vitally important for um the corporation to be able to find and be able to use in order to keep going so that's going to be a a macguffin no doubt for next season that's that's going to be something that will show up it's true i'm a little worried that they've tackled all the interesting questions and now it's going to be an action show but we'll see i don't don't think think that's i think the the nolans have already said that they're that this was a prequel for them they they actually wrote what they wanted for season two and three. And they looked at that and they said, well, that's an interesting story, but I feel like maybe we should start here with this like a uh, foundation. And then that's what we got with season one was this foundation. Chad, 
What do you think? The first season feels like it's a lot of light, lighter on uh, exploration of themes and more setting up uh, what's to come, which I think is great. Um, I would I would like to say, though, and Melody mentioned it a little bit, talking about the gratuitous nudity. Uh, one of the things that I did notice is that as the season progressed, especially with Maeve's character, they if you if you go back and watch like the first three or four episodes, they she's n- nude a lot uh, in wide shots, uh, and yeah. as she goes <laughs> right in wide though, no, this is important in wide. As it goes forward, you'll notice, especially in the last three or four episodes, she's still nude, and they'll shoot her from the back wide, but then they start shooting shoulder up and close ups, and you don't see her fully exposed nearly as much anymore. And I think that was intentional. I think it's as she began to gain consciousness and mm-hmm. uh, and head that direction, more human. even the yeah. way that they shot her was another level in because you can. I mean, it's literally head to toe nude first few, four episodes and then it's primarily from behind while she's seated and you almost never see her exposed from the front uh, again so i think yeah. she, also I think, get, she also gets clothing um sure. as well sure josh is correcting me via text as well it's jimmy simpson thank you josh not jimmy smiths i apologize for that uh yes jimmy simpson sure, sure. My but bad. but that goes uh, that just goes to a bigger point is that any show that is even using the way that they move the camera to reinforce subtly the themes that they're trying to convey, you know yep. that you're in the hands of people that are at least trying to do something. Now, how they, whether they execute it in a way that you deem successful is up for debate. But I think in this case, this is the beginning for something that could really be truly special or it could run out of steam after a couple of seasons and you really don't have anywhere to go. And like Josh said, it could turn into something a little more actiony, which I hope it doesn't. Although... Samurai World looks pretty cool. No, yeah. <laughs> right? it does actually. No, you know the bottom line is is that for me, and I know you didn't like the you don't like that idea, but for me, the experience of watching season one is something I will forever cherish. Like I really had a great time. Sure, with watching season one, exploring it, talking about it, listening. All that stuff. Even if season two turns into a dumpster fire and it's the worst thing ever, season one was still really, really great and special. So I agree. I think I think bottom line, I don't care where they go from here. I think honestly, season one is is good bookended. Like there isn't any major like storytelling deal that I feel like Boy, they didn't even touch that, and that's just they just set that up for season two. They probably have no idea where they're going. I think just like Josh said, it's like. Well, they seem to have like you know painted themselves into a corner. Where are they going to go with season yeah. two? What is next? And I I like that for in a show. That's I agree. Very rare. I, I loved the finale. I was worried when I went to the finale. Like okay, uh, and I loved it. I agree. And I I will admit, um, for all my uh, skepticism, if if it's coming across in this episode, when I watched the finale, which was just uh, yesterday, actually, I loved mm-hmm. the finale. Yeah, yeah, it's a good. I it's really a good did. Hour. That's a good yeah. 90 minutes of television. And yeah. and like you like you were saying Josh though, like sure, they did do some pivots, but I think they did some things in shows like so I was I was thinking that and a lot of people that I was listening to, I was thinking that the man in black would have some sort of like redemptive like you know, nope. at the very end, no, they stuck to his gun, the, the guns and they did exactly what, you know, somebody in that position would do. I I feel like this show didn't give in to its uh, the more traditional like Hollywood like this is how you're supposed to end it 
And I think it was better because of oh, it. Yeah. It, really it, it couldn't. The way it started out, if it had done that, yeah. it would not have had viewers for season two. But I thought like, it was, there was a moment I mean, even, there. Even redeeming the man in black, they they introduced him as such complete darkness that redeeming him would have just been a terrible mistake. Well, sure. no, but I don't. I, I, but no, I mean, you, you got to admit though, like if he at that moment when he was looking down at Dolores. And she finally looked like he was. She was getting a glimmer of consciousness, and he flashed back. To, you can see that happening in a Hollywood. He flashed back to the time they had together, and he's like, "Oh, you're real." Like I thought that moment was about to happen. It was going to go down, and instead, no. Another he just, yeah. a horrible human being. Yeah, and another we thing I like. Go ahead, Josh. Sorry. I was just gonna say we crossed a bridge when he gave his soliloquy about what he did to Maeve and her and her daughter. There's no going yeah. back. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, yeah, I guess so. And that that's another thing. Like, another debate that we can have is like, you know, we play video games, and every once in a while, we just want to be go off and be depraved. You know what I mean? Like, you you play like maybe you uh, do, Chris. Come on, you do too. Yeah, you just want to see what the edges of that universe look like, and 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 you go do these things that are, are not meant to happen in the in the normal video game world. But you just have fun doing that, and I felt like that's what he was doing. Obviously, he was touching the edges of this this fake world. But then, if he would have actually seen something real, perhaps it would have drawn him back into the center and and, well, and grounded I, him a little. I don't think so. I think the I think it it posits the the statement many times that all the all the park does is reveal who you really are. Exactly. And I, and I liked yeah. I liked the fact that you had this yeah. guy who was worth billions of dollars and had anything and everything anybody could want and was still miserable and was only only felt like he had purpose when he was in this place that did not have real people in it necessarily so it's i think it's just it's got a lot of interesting things to explore and i'm glad that it stuck to its guns as it went there was a little piece of me that was hoping that the man in black was actually logan and not william but like obviously as the last episode happened it was clearly not but you know there was a little piece of me that was hoping maybe maybe william didn't turn into that but alas he did and i think they did it just right in the last episode so totally yep well done people all right well let's wrap up this segment because we have a lot packed into this episode but before we wrap it up i'm just wondering do any of you guys have any like favorite moments of the show that you want to share i mean yeah, I have a lot of favorite moments, but I think the one that obviously has really stuck with me, it were, was not really tied to any of the major twists. I mean, obviously there was the moment with, you know, Bernard asking what door that was kind of hair raising, amazing. But I think my favorite moment was Bernard down in the um, meat locker. What do they call that place? Wherever it is, where they stored the um, the bad uh, robots. Cold storage. Cold storage. Thank you. Cold storage. He and uh, Dr. Ford, Bernard and Dr. Ford were having a conversation after Bernard has realized that he is actually a robot. Uh, and he was realizing that he and Dr. Ford had probably had this conversation many times. And Bernard thought that he had the upper hand and he had a gun on him and all this. kind. Con- and then suddenly realizing that Ford was in control of everything that was devastating uh, and and crazy and then him making him shoot himself and had you know ford making bernard kill himself it was just 
heartbreaking and crazy. And that moment just kind of sealed the deal of how great Anthony Hopkins was, how amazing um, Jeffrey Wright. Wright. Jeffrey Wright. Wright, how amazing he is. That was just a tour de force in storytelling, acting, uh, just an amazing moment of television. I loved that moment. It was amazing. Indeed. Anybody else? Josh, do you have a favorite moment? It's, it's hard to pick. I like I like Ford's uh, retirement speech mm. because, and also I it I kind of almost have a problem with the way he has orchestrated it. But yet we're supposed to think it's not orchestrated because she's conscious. But I love how he knows what's about to happen, does not care, and it's a complete shock to everyone else. He's just been forced into retirement and having himself shot in the head is like his giant middle finger to the board. And then the board <laughs> shot too, but And then the middle finger becomes a real gun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. No, but I, I, I really liked how that moment was uh set up and how it was shot and it was very good. It was great. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Chad, you got one? Yeah, yeah. My favorite scene that stuck out to me and it wasn't well no, there were there were several contenders, but for me it was just like uh, probably similar to what Chris, how he felt, but it's when Ford is actually talking to Teresa Cullen, the the board, mm, uh, yeah. and they're having lunch at the uh, oh at yeah. the area oh. there, and the waiter he freezes everybody, and the, he's pouring the wine, <laughs> and it overspills. Yes. That was the first time where I was like, "Holy crap, Ford! He is not playing. He is literally God." Um, he is so and, good, and that it was, was that so whole moment to me was just like this. Now we're on to something, folks. This uh, that's because mm-hmm. that happens pretty early on. I'd say fourth yeah. episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so for me, that really crystallized into just a okay. I got to pay attention. This is it, we're on. So yeah, that that was yep. my favorite moment for sure. That is a good moment. I had forgotten that moment. That's a good choice. Mine. Chris decided to double dip and mention mine, and then choose another one. But mine was uh mine was the what door moment. I know it's like probably an iconic favorite moment, but for me, like. I had heard the theory that Bernard was on Arnold really early on and I didn't really buy into it. But then obviously as you're going on and on, you know, I, I knew that Bernard was a host at least if he was not Arnold before that scene, but it was just like this tension, like, are they actually going to reveal it right now? Is this the moment? Is this the moment? And then it was, and the way they did it, like was just beautifully wonderful to me. So, all right, well, there's lots more wonderful moments. So hopefully we all enjoyed Westworld and we'll be back to talk about season two in a couple of years. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. All right, guys, welcome to a brand new segment I'm going to call the tagline game. I'm very excited about this. What is going to happen is I'm going to say a tagline from a film and the rest of the screeners and you at home are going to guess what that tagline, what movie that tagline belongs to so for an example we're going to start off with one that i think is probably the most popular tagline in movie history uh i would say in space no one can hear you scream i'm going to give you 10 seconds to think about what movie that tagline goes with and then i'm going to ask the screeners one by one to give me their answer so independently these the screeners are going to write down the answer that they think that movie goes to so i would say daniel in space, no one can hear you scream. What movie does that go to? Alien. Alien. Okay, that's an interesting, uh, an interesting uh, answer. Chad, how about you, man? What what movie does that go with? Uh, I'm going to say American Pie. American <laughs> Pie. That's a very interesting 
uh, a very interesting answering. So that's how the game works, right? Is that of course, not right? the answer was no, that's not right. The answer was alien. So I would award <gasps> no, I would award Daniel one point, and I award you no points, Chad. Um, so anyway, that's the way the movie. That's the way the game works. We're going to say a tagline, and then the screeners are going to guess, and you, as an audience, they're sitting at home or in your car, play along with us. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. So we're going to start off with some easy ones. Uh, to kind of get us all limbered up. Are you guys ready? No, I'm going to be terrible at this game. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah, uh, this is your game, Chris. You uh, it is my game. I actually, I feel like I know most of these, um, but I think you're going to get them too. We're going to start with an easy one. So here's the first one. Uh, and this, I think, is going to be pretty easy. An adventure 65 million years in the making. Okay, you guys have 10 seconds to think about this out there in the studio audience as well. An adventure... 65 million years in the making. What movie could that possibly go with? All right, I'm going to start with Chad. What is your answer for that? Jurassic Park. Okay. Josh, how about you? That was also my answer. Jurassic Park. Melody? Jurassic Park. Daniel? Jurassic Park. Everybody gets Yay. a point. Yay. You get a point. I get a point. We all get points, points. just like Everybody socialism. Point. <laughs> like Oprah, Chad. Come on. Sorry, Oprah. Rain it in. Rain it sorry, in. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Which is also just like socialism. Woo! <laughs> sorry. Oh Please continue, gosh. Chris. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So you guys are going to be ke- keeping track of your own points. So here we go. The, ti- the, the uh, tagline is, here comes the bride. The tagline again is here comes the bride. Here comes the bride, right? <clears throat> so what movie could that possibly be? Be thinking about that. What are the mm, interesting? Uh, let's see. Josh, time's up. What was your answer? I was working towards it. Uh, <laughs> I Bride of Frankenstein. I don't I don't know. I know this, but I don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no worries. Daniel, what do you think? I really have no idea. This is not a good sign. Uh, uh, yeah, Bride of Frankenstein popped in my head, too. I, I, I don't have anything other than that. All right. Chad, what do you think? Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I would say um, I thought of <laughs> – well, I don't know. I thought of uh, Bride of Chucky, which would be Child's Play. <laughs> Child's Play. Okay. I, I don't know. All right. Melody, what about you? I mean, I – I don't. Bridesmaids. Okay. The answer is Kill Bill. Oh, dang it. Of course it is. Okay. Shame on me. Here we go. Shame on me. Take it to the next level. Have some fun. Can Um, you take it back to the the preschool level? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, here we go. Yeah, I'm I'm just, I'm I'm testing it out right now. All right. So let's see here. Um, Here's one that I think you might be a little bit easier. We have to think about it, guys. Here it is. The tagline is the mission is a man. Again, the mission is a man. That's the tagline. Think about that for a second. So what I love about taglines is they're really an art. They're trying to say something. And if they're really good, they're, they're clever. So, and they're usually terrible is a man. They're usually terrible, but all these are really quite good. So, Melody, time's up. What do you say? <laughs> the mission is a man. Oh, my gosh. I have no idea. Uh, I have nothing. You have nothing? All right. I, I don't know. Are you going to throw out a guess? No, no, I don't know. Hey, this this game's awesome. Your guns, I know this one. I know this one. 
<laughs> Daniel, what do you think? Uh, yeah, only thing I have is Mission Impossible, but I know that's not right. So, okay, Josh, I'm just I'm just gonna go with Kingsman Secret Service. Right, and Chad, the correct answer is Saving Private Ryan. Uh, are, co- uh, are correct. Or Sam. All right, here we. This is going to be an easier one. Here we go. You don't get 500 million million friends without making a few enemies. Uh, now we're talking. Yeah. You don't no, no. 500 million go. friends without making a few enemies. American Pie. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay. <laughs> I'm going to stay on this level. I, I I kind of have a feeling I know where I need to be a little bit. Uh, oh well. shush. <laughs> I'll take that. You have something in between the two. I'm going to look up the taglines next time, Chris. We'll saving Private Ryan was is 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 yeah. doable. That's doable. Oh. All right, so. Chad, you went last the last time, so you're going to go first this time. Time is up. What is your guess for you don't get 500 million friends without making a few enemies? I believe that is the social network. Okay. Melody, what do you think? Better be the social network. Daniel? The social network. Josh? Yep. Everybody went with the social network? Everybody's right. Good job. Two points. All right. Here comes another one. This is another one, uh, and it is, I'm trying to decide, one man's struggle to take it easy. Again, the tagline is, <laughs> one man's struggle uh, I think I know this one. To take it easy. One man's struggle to take it easy. We got it. Really good one. Chris, can I get the pronunciation, please? We, we can get the origin music or something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you could add some sound effects here. All right, Josh, what was what is your guess uh, for that particular tagline? The Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski. All right, Melody, how about you? I mean, that's probably right, but <laughs> that would be cheating if I said that. So <laughs> my mind went to what about Bob? I'm sure that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a struggle. Yeah, uh, uh, Chad, what do you think? Uh, country of origin, please. No, I actually I know this one because I'm old, and you won't, yes. you guys all think that I'm cheating, but I'm not. It's because I'm old, and I love this movie. It is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, oh wow. of course. Interesting, Daniel. What did you have? It better be, or I'm going like a moron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had nothing. I yeah, the first thing that popped in my head was Weekend at Bernie's, but uh, yeah, no, Chad's right. Chad's right. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Chad is right. Yes. 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 One man struggle. You go into take... the 80s, you're in my wheelhouse, brother. The Big Lebowski sounded right. I, I thought that yeah, was it. I thought it was. That sounded pretty good. I, I have to I have to agree. Okay, so let's see here. Should we keep going? A few more? Uh, what do you think? Yeah. Um, all right, here, here's this one. This, this is an interesting one. I think, I, think, I, I think most of us would know this if you think about it. But here is the tagline. On the air, unaware. The tagline is, on the air, unaware. So think about that. Uh, it's a good one. I like it a lot. A few more seconds. Again, it's on the air, unaware. Okay? Josh, what do you think that could be? Truman Show? Interesting. Melody? <laughs> I'm so bad at this. <laughs> I mean, good morning, Vietnam. I don't good know. Good morning, Vietnam. Daniel. It is for sure the Truman Show. Chad. 
uh, I am in 100% agreement that it's the Truman Show, but I did not know it, so I can I have to abstain. <laughs> yeah. Right? So those who chose the Truman Show, you are right. Good yeah. job, Josh. A point. A point. Great Good movie. So, yes. Yeah. Okay. I really like this one, and it'll be interesting to see uh, if any of you will get it. This is a little okay. bit more difficult, uh, but it's a more really, difficult. It's a really great tagline. I've just got a feeling that most of you have to think, you know, think about it. Um, As and, opposed uh, to the others. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just saying it's not widely known. I never, I didn't realize it was a, anyway, it's just really well worded. Here it is. Family isn't a word. It's a sentence. Family isn't a word. It's a sentence. I thought that was really clever, especially in context of the movie itself. The family isn't a word. It's a sentence. Okay, Chad, what is your thought on what family isn't a word? It's a sentence might be. I know that I've seen this movie. Yeah. I know that I have, and I know that it's a, I don't know. I feel like (laughs) it's a comedy, a quirky Uh comedy. But hmm. I can't. Oh God! <laughs> Guess or nothing. Guess or nothing. I got nothing. Go. Ah, dang it! I know it. I got, I got nothing. Gosh, what do you think, man? Meet the parents. Meet the parents. That's not. Yeah, right. that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. It's a guess. Uh, uh, Daniel, I've been going back and forth between Meet the Parents and like Uncle Buck for some reason. Uncle Buck. I love uh, Uncle Buck. <laughs> I love that movie. So I'm going to settle in with Meet the Parents. Okay. All right. And uh, Melody. Oh, crap. I think? just remembered it. Crap. Just going to throw it out there, Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, right. <laughs> That's right. Dang, yeah. Oh. oh. Yes. I should Thanks know that. Crap on me. <laughs> I'm not going to talk out loud anymore about what I'm thinking. It's we're gonna it's do a couple. Quirky. It's like we're gonna do a couple more. Here we go. Well, a lot. couple it's of us are one point behind Chad now. So I know, I know. We're gonna do a few more. We, I've got, I've got, I've got several more. We're gonna keep playing. Maybe what do we say? Five more, and then we're done. Are we having fun? Are we having a good time? Sure. So we do five well, more. Let's not go crazy. <laughs> five more. But here, 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 here's one that I think you guys will probably know if you're familiar with taglines. Uh, so we is, won't know it. Is what you're saying. Whoever wins. We lose. Oh, come on. Uh, Whoever wins, I know this. we lose. I know this. <laughs> oh, I know it. I, I knew that. I knew Chad was going to know this. I'm I own this movie. Here. I own it. Whoever wins, we lose. Oh, maybe I don't know it. All right. Josh, time is up. That's Whoever me. Whoever wins, I'm first. Yes, Transformers. Josh. Transformers. <laughs> All right. Daniel, what say you, sir? I know this, but I can't think of it. I can't place it. I don't know. You don't know. No guesses. You're not going to give a guess. You're sure. Uh, hey, his Major time's league. Up. Move along. Major League. Major League. Major League. Yes. That's not, that's not right. <laughs> that was amazing. That You pulled that out of your butt. Yes. Uh, Melody. Alien versus Predator. <laughs> this is Predator. Wow. Really going back to the back catalog. Uh, and you, Chad, what say you? The answer is presidential election 2016. Oh, for the love. But the right answer is Alien versus Predator, and I own that movie. What? 
It are is? correct. It's alien yes. versus yes. Predator. Yes. Are you serious? Yes. 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 Good guess, Melody. Yeah, so no, I only really know good. that because I've watched that movie way more times than I would admit to. <laughs> All right, so we're going to do four more, and then uh, we'll be done. So let's and do this next one is, when he said, I do, he never said what he did. When he said, I do, he never said what he did. Do people get paid to write these, Josh? I think you're oh, yeah. missing, I think you're <laughs> missing like reading something cards. here. Like they reading do. Cards. They do. Can you say it one more time? When he said, I do, he never said what he did. One more, one more time. What he said, I do. He never said what he did. You got to read this in the the voiceover voice, by the way. I I just did. That's what I. I meant the rest of them, Chris. Fine, I'll on board here. Get on board. All right, Chad. The next one in the Disney voiceover voice. Chad, time's up. I I, I truly have no freaking idea. (laughs) I'm thinking it's something about a wedding, but I'm sure that it's not. So I don't know. Yeah. You don't know. Okay. All right. Melody, what say you? I mean, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. That's a very good oh, guess. Good guess. Yeah, I don't think it's Mr. and Mrs. Smith because of the way it's worded, but that's the only thing I have <laughs> yeah. right now. So there you go. Hey, 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 solid. All right, Josh, what about you, man? Chris, I hope you just like flicked your mouse wheel or your trackpad and just scrolled down to the middle of whatever movie page you were looking at. And I hope you pulled out the movie titled I Married an Axe Murderer. <laughs> because that would be amazing. Uh, that is a movie. That's so also that a, good guess. Guess. That's yeah. a good guess. That's so, a good guess. I find it hilarious, J- Chad, the way that you worded you, what you just said. You said, I truly have no idea. And the answer to this is true lies. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Oh. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. It's a great movie. It is great. He. Did. Okay. All right. Fear can hold you prisoner. Hope can set you free. Rogue One. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Generic action movie number seven. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Fear can hold you prisoner. Hope can set you free. Hmm. What does that make you think of? Fear can hold you prisoner. Hope can set you free. A few more seconds. How are you guys doing out in the uh, the audience? By the way, I'd be very curious to know what your guys' score is. You should definitely put it on our Facebook page uh, when we post this episode because I'd love to know what you guys how you guys did. All right, time's up. Melody, Melody, (laughs) what's your guess? Oh my gosh, I don't know. Shutter Island. Shutter Island. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really bad guess. Daniel, uh, Daniel, what about you? Bad guess, actually. Uh, uh, aliens. Aliens. I have no right? idea. Yes, there's Chad. a lot of hope and freedom in uh, yeah, aliens. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Chad, how about you? Unfortunately for you guys, I I know this one because uh, oh, I am a massive so Stephen King fan, and the answer is The Shawshank Redemption. Oh, oh my gosh! Of course, that does fit. That's interesting. All right, Josh. That's the answer. You well, think- if, if that is the right answer, then go me, because that actually was the only guess I had. Oh, good for you, Joshua. You guys are both right. It's Bam. the shot. Nice. Fear can hold you prisoner. Hope can set you free. Oh, yep. man, okay. I think I'm in last place now. <laughs> <laughs> Just like we like it. 
so Dang it. we got three more, three more, um, three more that I'm gonna do. So that I have to run the table on or Chad just. Wins. I want to. I want to find out what everybody's score is. So Melody, what do you have at the moment? I mean, I'm not keeping track. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is. Chad beat what me. What does she have, Chris? Melody, what do you have? Seriously, I, how many of you got? Seriously, right. I'm not keeping track. <laughs> <laughs> She's <People>. out. She's <laughs> out. <laughs> All right, you got zero. Man. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm pretty sure I have like one less than Josh. I think she does. Yeah, I think, I think that's just Josh. I have four. So Melody's three. You're four. Wait, no, I've gotten at least four. You okay, must have, have four. four. Sure. So you both both have four arbitrarily. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very specific set of rules. Chris, oh, I have no idea what I have. Chris, All I know is where I'm placed. All right, Chris, never mind. For Chris, <laughs> as the MC to this event, it was your solemn duty Seriously, to keep we score. Were our brains yeah, we have thinking to do. I gave you explicit instructions to keep track, but that's fine. The rules don't matter, and either the points, whatever. Um, In that case, I have 17 points. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, All right. the points don't matter, and everyone wins. Three, three What's more. that tagline? Uh, that is um, whose line Who's is it mil- anyway? Yes. Um, no, it's I millennials wait. in 2016. If at first you don't succeed, lower your standards. If at first you don't succeed, lower your standards. All right, time is up. Pins down, heads up. Daniel, what was your answer? I have no answer. I have no idea. I'm so bad at this game. All right, all right. Melody, did you have a guess? Man, I wish that I did. I know I know it, but I don't know. Chad, do you have any guess at all? I don't. I was thinking something like, you know, like designated, like DFF or whatever that Duff movie was. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have. Mm -hmm. I don't have anything. Okay, Uh, Josh. Well, You're I'm, gonna get I'm it. glad this is all a wash because I don't know, so I'm going to go with Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. It's <laughs> <laughs> accurate, accurate description of the feeling I had coming out of that movie. Uh, no, the answer is Tommy Boy. If at first you oh, no. see, lower your... Own that movie on VHS. All right, yeah. two, here we go. Second to last. Some memories are best forgotten. Some memories mm. are best Forgotten. Hmm. Some memories are best forgotten. All right. Got a couple more seconds left. Think about it. Think about it. All right. Pins down, heads up. Chad, what did you think? Oh, I know, I know this, but I, I don't. I'm gonna go ooh, Vanilla Sky. I don't know. That's a total, guess. total guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's good. Melody. Which yeah. is you being patronizing, saying I just got it wrong, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Uh, I, I, I was landing on a Tom Cruise film, but it wasn't Vanilla Sky. It's the one with the, the, the things, but I I'd can't think of the freaking name of it. it. Eyes wide shut. Oh, not eyes wide shut. <laughs> edge of tomorrow. No. no, not edge of tomorrow. Though it could be that one. The Where's one with pop- the. Hey, don't no. try to be helping her. <laughs> oh, I. Can't right, you're done. It. You're done, Josh. <laughs> I don't know that this is right, but Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, that's a yes. Okay, Daniel. Oh, that's a good yeah, guess. That was the same guess I had, but I'm. I'm not. I have no idea if it's right. That may be right. 
Unfortunately, it's not. It ties in, though, to our episode tonight, and that is a Nolan film called Memento. Oh, that was so in my mind. Well, of course it was. (laughs) Some memories are best forgotten. All right, the last one. I'm trying to decide what I'm going to do. I'm going for this one. It is reality is a thing of the past. Reality is a thing of the past. Westworld. Westworld. Think about that for a second, guys. Actually, a short tagline. Reality is a thing of the past. There's so many other ones, too. But um, All right, here we go. Chad, what do you have for reality is a thing of the past? Uh, don't know. Um, uh, I feel like I should <laughs> know it. Something to do. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I got nothing. Daniel, any guesses? Is it... Um, is it The Matrix? Aha! Interesting. Melody? Huh. Mm, I mean, what came to my mind was Blade Runner, but that's probably wrong. Ooh, by the way, that the new trailer came out. And then, Josh, I haven't asked you yet, right? Right. Yeah, so that's interesting. You... you both of your um, wild guesses are what popped into my head too, and the one that popped in most was—I know this is wrong—but Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Yep, that's wrong. It's The Matrix. The oh Matrix. Oh, come that was on. A total guess of the past. Congratulations. Matrix. Yeah. Congratulations, right. Daniel. That point still has you in last place. Perfect. All right. Uh, Although the points don't matter, we have no idea who's in first place. Yeah, we do. Yeah, 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 congratulations. Chad didn't win. Nobody's keeping track of their score. He he definitely won. I was keeping track of Chad's score, and he won. It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) All right. Well, I had fun. I hope you guys did too. Maybe we can do this some other time, or at least uh, a variation of it, uh, so that I can play. Because I feel like I would. I feel like you're trying to set us up for a game that you're really good at, Chris. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for joining us on this episode of the Screeners Podcast. I had a lot of fun this episode. I hope you did, too. If you did, please leave us a comment in Facebook. Let us know what you liked about the episode, what you'd like to hear from us in future episodes. We really do thrive on hearing from you guys. All right. And we'll see you next time where we're going to be discussing our top favorite television movies video games of 2016 it's going to be a blowout list it's going to be a lot of fun we're going to have a lot of great times together and i know you will too see you next time guys and that's a wrap you've heard what the screeners had to say now you be the critic head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think see you next time